walk by it. There's something in our spirit that really pushes against it. So in other words, we really want it and we really want to avoid it at the same time. So why is it that we are bad prayers? What is, it, what, what, what is the reason why we don't pray? I think one reason might be, might have my date a little bit wrong, but I think it was 2007 that some fancy American probably invented the smartphone. And ever since, it has just made distractions so much more of a, of a thing in our lives. And it becomes difficult to pray. I know that whenever I have the conviction to pray, it happens simultaneously with this deep desire to know what is going on in the Ukraine at the moment. And I, I, I can't explain it, but if I, I know, yeah, I really should pray now. Ah, oh, but I wonder what is going on in the Ukraine. I haven't looked at the news before. This is only the seventh time that I've gone there today. So what's what's going on there? And I feel like I'm kind of productive, but it's just. Uh, a very convenient, convenient attempt to avoid praying. Is it because we are too busy? That's the most common excuse I've heard why people don't pray. Uh, I'm too busy. Not too busy to sleep, oh. Not too busy to eat. We, most of us are not too busy to watch YouTube videos at night about little cats or expected competition. I don't think that cuts it. I think the problem is deeper. So the reason why we don't pray is it's much deeper than just these sort of uh, superficial excuses. I think the one reason why we don't pray is because we are the solution. We are the solution in God and in ourselves. So Philip Yancey is this uh, Christian author. He, he says the following. He says this, the following phrase basically describes his prayer life. Not his prayer life, his spiritual life. He says, the question that he always runs around with in his heart is, why does God not act the way I want him to act? And why do I not act the way he wants me to act? Why does God not act the way I want him to act? And why do I not act the way he wants me to act? In other words, there is the sense that, why do I want to spend time with a being that I feel a little bit hard done by? I feel a little bit like he let me down. And I definitely know why they him down all the time. So why would I voluntarily spend time in prayer with a being like that? So in that sense, we are exposed in prayer. There's, there's, there's awkwardness that we want to avoid. And that is why we avoid prayer. Perhaps when we go into the silence that is prayer, we are worried that we've got nothing to say to God. It's a little bit like spending time with a, with a friend and you, you really don't, you just have nothing to say. It's better to hang out with that friend in a group, but you don't want to go drink coffee with, with him or her as individuals. So you rather interact with them in a group, and that's why we come to church together, and I'll pray together, and I'll do Bible study together. This idea of praying and seeking him by itself, that's a little bit scary. We don't really have anything to say to each other, so we don't pray. Perhaps we don't pray because we're trying to protect ourselves from disappointment. Perhaps we've prayed 
wonderful, naive prayers. And we feel that God has come through to us. And in the same way that you don't get your hopes up in, in many parts of life. So I'm also not going to pour my heart out when it comes to, to God and pray. So we avoid them. Many people who have thought about prayer a lot and who are big prayers prayer themselves, they will say that in our culture today there is a massive fear of being naive. And when you pray, you are naive. You are reaching out to an invisible God. And also the way in which we pray, the whole posture of prayer, is humbling. Some might even say humiliating. And people don't really want to go in such a naive and vulnerable position. For example, in our world today, we are told, told that we need to think for ourselves. We are told that we must go through life with open eyes. We must take control of our own lives. We must be leaders and changes. But it is in prayer that we are told, no, you don't need to necessarily think for yourself. Your thoughts must be transformed. And it's overrated to go through life with open eyes. You need to shut the world out. You need to close your eyes. You shouldn't try and take control of your life. You need to relinquish control of your life. And instead of being a movement shape, perhaps you should become still. Perhaps you should become silent. Pray just to be naive. I've shared this story too many times, but I'm taking varsity. I was praying for my food, and I was this Australian girl, closing my eyes, she puts her hand on my shoulder, and she says, I'm a drunk. And I said, I pray. And she says, to God, that's so cute. And it is because when we pray, there is something naive about it. There is something childlike about that posture. So she's right. You were sitting next to Another reason why we don't pray is because we always want conditions to be perfect. We want silence. We want to really be in a good space. Maybe you want to have sufficient instrumental music in the background and just the right amount of birds in between next to you. Maybe everything must just be sort of going well in your life and then you might enter in prayer and you know, light a few candles or whatnot. We always want to to be perfect. And the other thing is, what I found in my own life is, oh, I really need to have my prayer life. I really need to understand prayer. I'm going to buy a book on prayer. Yeah. Uh, really and then I'm reading about prayer. <laughs> Again, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to master prayer. And I'm trying to, to really get a grip on prayer. But in prayer, you don't come above it. You don't master it. You are mastered by it. There's something that you come underneath. So even my attempt to really understand prayer, I've now read four or five books about prayer, really naming prayer, that is missing the point. The conditions will never be perfect, and you will never be able to master prayer. So you need to get rid of that excuse as well. Perhaps we don't pray because we feel that our prayers are selfish. And most of the time our prayers are very selfish. And then you will maybe find a well-meaning Christian and say, yeah, I think you must rather 
It's a ability to pray for other people and the ability to just praise God and focus on Him. And then, when you are about to pray, you realize that I really don't want to pray to God. I definitely don't want to pray for other people. So then I don't pray. Because there's a fear that my prayers are selfish. I've heard people say my prayers are not very good, so then I just remain prayerless. Does that make sense? This is a this wonderful quote that just says, If you are praying, you are already doing it right. Just pray. If you want to know how to pray and how to do it right, just pray. Even whether it's selfish prayer or not, pray. Anna and you highlighted this to me uh, this week and said that when we pray, we are praying to a person. And God, by definition, is the most emotionally intelligent person in the world, being in the world, in the universe, and outside of the universe, as a matter of And you don't have to be careful about the things you tell him. So, you've just had Christmas and you guys have to spend time with family, and there are a lot of emotionally unintelligent people in all of our families. And what typically happens is you realize that I can't actually say that, so I, uh, let's just steer away from, from that topic. Or you, you ask something nice, or you crack a joke at my and you say, I can't do that. Because why? The people are not mature, they are easily offended, so you need to walk on their shots. That's what we do when we talk to people who are emotionally unintelligent. You have to be very careful what you say. But if God is the most emotionally intelligent, then you don't really have to censor your words. You don't have to check it. You can just speak and he will be able to, to, to handle it. So if you want to swear, you don't have to worry about him being offended that you're going to swear in prayer. Just, just say it. Or if your prayers are religiously selfish, God can handle it. He's got the emotional intelligence. I know it sounds sacrilegious. Uh, to, to handle your super selfish, curse-filled prayers. If you want to cry, you don't have to worry about how it's going to make you feel. He can handle that. He can, he can absorb it. My, my son, who is now 23 in the February, I really like him. I'm definitely going to keep him. But he is insanely selfish. And the requests he makes just it's just always selfish, just always coming to say, I, I, I want that and then I say say please, say thank you. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that at some point you don't have to say that anymore. But you know what? I'd rather have that than him not coming and asking me at all. Does that make sense? I'd rather want a selfish kid who's talking to me. Then an unselfish kid is not speaking to me. So if we are keeping our, ourselves away from God because we feel that our prayers are, are selfish, then we are the type of child who's not running to their very, very, very emotionally intelligent father um, and asking him and sharing with him what is going on in our hearts. The reality is that all of us, when we come to prayer, we come to prayer with a mixed bag of motives. 
And when Jesus teaches how to pray in the, the Lord's Prayer, you've got these cosmic, wonderful ideas like Thy kingdom come, hallowed be thy name, and deliver us from evil. And which in between that is, because I can't wait. Food, I, 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 I need something to survive. It's which in between these things. And it's a mixed bag, and that is okay. So a lot of, I would say, mature Christians, and a lot of well-meaning Christians would say, you know, you need to focus on adoration, your prayers will always be about yourself. I've even given that advice to people. And you know what? Most likely those people who say that are not praying themselves. If you are denouncing this pray as you can type of prayer, by pray as you can, we say, just, just start, just say what is in your heart. People who denounce that are probably not praying. They know the theory behind prayer, but they're not prayers themselves. Let's look at a couple of passages from, from the Bible. There are plenty of plenty of prayers in the Bible. And I, I want to look at a couple, so it's going to be somewhat difficult to follow along with me, but you're welcome to try. So in Psalm 140, I'm just going to read, I guess, uh, one or two verses, Psalm 140, verses 9 to 10 says, As for the head of those who surround me, let the mischief of their lips overwhelm them, let burning coals fall upon them, let them be cast into fire, into pits, no more to rise. That is a prayer. In Psalm 69, it gets even better. In Psalm 69, you've got God, you've got this person really accusing God. I am weary of crying out. My throat is parched, my eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. What accusation there. And then a good old friend, Jeremiah. He didn't uh, put his punches. It says in Jeremiah 20, verse 7, The Lord, you have deceived me, and I am just deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughing stock all the day. Everyone mocks me. In Psalm 137, some of you might know this one. Uh, they were laughing, no one was coming. Psalm 157, verse 8 and 9. O daughters of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones, your babies, and dash them against your rock. These are all prayers. You know why I think we don't pray? It's because there's nothing pious in our hearts, and then we think we can't say it. So we think that uh, when I have to pray, I need to, you know, I need to say something of, oh, Lord, can I help me to forgive as you have forgiven us? I really don't want to forgive that person. They are terrible. And then we remain prayers. Here's the thing. These these prayers that we have in scripture, if you read them by themselves, they're straight up heretical. If, if 
I preach to you um, the need to take the babies of the mega churches who are stealing our flock and bash them against uh, you know the Solomon Shlomo road. That would be deeply problematic. Oh, 
maybe we need to start with just pray as you can pray. But even if you're not, maybe you're in a good space, and maybe you have gone to the the various uh, stages and you, you can properly do adoration as we're going to look at next week and you can uh, really focus on all these other aspects of prayer. Maybe that's where you are at. But I can almost assure you that some point in your life you're going to come back to this night of prayer. The prayer that you can pray. We all circle back and come back to this and we start all over again. Maybe you're disillusioned and you feel like, well, why am I still praying these selfish prayers? Why am I still stuck here? I, 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 I read stories of these mystics who can just you know, for hours sit in God's presence and you feel like that's so unfair. I now want some of that. You know the desert fathers and mothers, these were monastic communities in the early uh, first, second, third century, a little bit later, before uh, after Christ. And, and they had a term for what I just described, and they called it spiritual greed. It is spiritually greedy to want that intimate relationship with God immediately, and to be able to just grasp scripture, to be able to just read it in one sitting, to be able to just pray for hours, to, to, to be in this wonderful uh, spiritual place. They said it's perhaps spiritual greed, and they used Psalm 151 as a passage that they that they would reflect on. And in Psalm 151, it's it said the following: Lord, my heart is not lifted up, my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weak child with its mother, like a weak child with its soul. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. Maybe, maybe these other aspects of the spiritual life, these other aspects of prayer, is just too marvelous for us right now. And then, as you can, don't be spiritually greedy. Do what you can right now. Praying is mostly learned through prayer. It is not something that you can teach, it is something that needs to be discovered. And through the course of the next few weeks, we are definitely going to, to talk about it and try and understand it. And when we have the Wednesday sessions, we are going to facilitate, uh, to facilitate prayer sessions to make it easy for us, or rather easier for us, to connect with God. But the fact of the matter is, you can only grow in prayer by, by praying. And if we only talk about prayer, we're a little bit like, uh, let's say, you're somewhat masochistic and you, you take your uh, unfortunate girlfriend on, on various dates and you take them to the most fancy restaurant you can find in Victoria and you say, just look at the menu and you ask the chef to come talk to us. Exactly what is this? Uh, this Shimonyoma uh, Nimina? And then they explain it, oh that sounds lovely, do you guys also do it with a dash of caviar? Yes we do, or okay, thanks, we'll leave you now. Um, and then you go to the next restaurant, you start it all over again. You are looking at the menu, you are discovering, and you, you, you are exploring all the food options, but you never order, you never eat. That is what happens, it's, it's 
similar when we dwell on prayer and we talk about prayer, but we never pray. We need to order. And that is why I want us to pray. Just close your eyes. Um, and I want you to practice this pray as you can pray. It might be that right now you are angry. Then you must tell about that. It might be that you are that you are complacent, you don't want to speak to God. That you you don't really feel the need to talk to him, that you feel actually that you will find without him. Tell him that. It might be that you don't feel like he exists. Maybe you don't believe in God. Tell him. Pray what is in you, not what ought to be.
Thank you. 